My name is Christopher Thomas Blant. My name is Ross Frostick. And welcome to the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. I flipped it this time. Yeah, someone I, suggested that in on Twitter. Someone I think it's suggested. more accurate. Yeah, I, I, it would imply that I've thought about it more than a half a second <laughs> to say what, which one is more accurate. So I will take Twitter's word for it because I'm sure they've thought about it longer than I have. There has been a great deal of feedback. Here, I actually have a thing that I want to get into today because we're going to talk about two things today. So the listener knows right off the top. We're going to talk about uh, a new game called Norco, which we'll talk about in the back half of the show. And it has like kind of Kentucky Route Zero vibes, but I think a very different game. Uh, I think it's going to be very popular. But in the first half, we're going to talk about the perfect, the perfect, the definitive video game controller tier list. We're going to rank them S through A, B, C, and D. We're going to tell you the best controller. Can and just the normie. Right we're not going to be doing the power glove. Just the normie controllers. I mean, some of these controllers, I, I don't know if normies would say these are normies, but sure. These are controllers that, you know, you control the video game with a joystick. The sort of controller you would get if you just bought a console, it would come with this controller. Right, right. right. Not my Sega activator that I controlled with kicks and punch. Exactly right. Yes. Got it. So that that's the bulk of the show. But, I, but first, I have a question for you. Mm. You know those scenarios where there's like a baby and then like a sword hanging above it, and then it's like, oh, you have to cut the baby in half. Okay. It sounds like you're mixing the sort of Damocles with Solomon a little bit. Right. Okay. So which one are so, we going with? Is it so, Solomon? I think so, it's, well, it sounds me, like let Solomon. Me, let, me, let me give you the problem. Okay. There are two movies. There's sure. Mortal Kombat. Yes. And there is uh, Street Fighter the movie. Yes. And you can only allow one to exist in our shared reality. By making this choice, the other one will not only can you never watch it again, we will basically forget it. It'll be erased from our public conscience. All of our memories associated with it, they are gone. So it forever. almost doesn't matter because we won't even know the decision was made. I mean, it doesn't, but we right now in this moment have the power of choosing uh, what are the more precious, not only what is the, the better movie, but what is the, the culture around everything. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm, you know what I'm thinking about? What? I don't think that the sort of Damocles or King Solomon is, is right. Yeah, no, because King Solomon's about like, well, the only way to do is pick both. Yeah, this is kind of Sophie's choice. Yeah, this is Sophie's choice, which is definitely the analogy we want to make. Um, and uh, well, it's okay. So you've laid out, there have been several Street Fighter movies. There have been several Mortal Kombat movies. I assume you're talking in both cases about the mid-90s installments, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the whoever was in the Mortal Kombat movie. Yes, in, in the Mortal Kombat movie that has the song where they yell Mortal Kombat. Sure, of course. Um, I mean, I have an immediate answer, but we could, like, draw it out if you want. No, no. I mean, if you have an immediate answer, you have an immediate answer. Yeah, and the immediate answer is the Mortal Kombat movie, 100%. Mm. I don't... Mm. Well, I, I, I'm going to give what? you a few reasons. One. Okay. It'd be nice if Raul Julia's last movie wasn't the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> so that's a good start. Two... The song, you mentioned the song. The song's great. It's one of the best techno songs ever made. It's great. Three, Goro's in that fucking movie and he is exactly as you'd expect him to be. He's got so many arms and he's just crushing it. Excellent. Um, I mean, Street Fighter, on the other hand, is campy and goofy, but... I, I, I feel like I shot myself in the foot here because the second I looped in the broader culture, that that kind of put Street Fighter... I mean, we could remove the broader culture and just so take just the movies on the their movies? own. Yeah, yeah just the movies. just talk about the movies. See, then I think Street Fighter wins because Street Fighter, it, yes, it is Raul Julia's final performance, but that's one more Raul Julia performance that we wouldn't have otherwise seen. And it's a performance that he wanted to do for his kids. So it was like a meaningful. Yeah, but did he really know what he was doing for his kids? Did he know what the output was going to be? I mean, who who's to say? He's I'm just saying it. I think if Ghost Raul Julia showed up and could like wipe away the slate that was that movie and uh, have something like classy or like another Adams Family movie as his last movie, he probably <laughs> would have done that. That's possible. 
Also, John Claude Van Damme is great in it. Kylie Minogue mm-hmm. is good in it. You're, you know, the re- the other reason I would lean towards Mortal Kombat is because I think it has more fan y moments, mm. which I think these movies live and die based on fan service. We've true. seen with Sonic the Hedgehog. We've seen with the most recent Mortal Kombat movie. If there aren't like multiple scenes that are entirely dedicated on, do you remember this character? Well, we're going to do this whole scene about this character. Now, there are those scenes in the Street Fighter movie. I know that. I know there's a Blanca mm-hmm. scene. I remember. But I think there are more of them and they're more satisfying in the Mortal Kombat movie. You know what? I, I think if you are wanting to watch a movie that is a great video game movie, you're not going to find much better than Mortal Kombat. Yes. That, that original Agreed. one. If you want a great B-movie matinee where you could literally just take Street Fighter right off of the box. Yes. The Street Fighter movie is excellent. I think the Street Fighter movie would be more beloved if it wasn't called the Street Fighter movie. If it was just some absolutely bizarre action movie that had been released, people would look back on that movie with great fondness. Yeah, I, did, I don't know that it ever would have gotten made. Or if it was made, it would have been a direct-to-DVD <laughs> extra, that's, or I guess VHS true. at that time. But yeah, um, it, I agree. It is cheesy and, and goofy. So it, and it sounds like we're erasing... Street Fighter. Yeah, from... Street Fighter's gone. Congrats okay. to Raul Julia. This is what he always wanted. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about controllers on the other side of this break. <laughs> okay. Do you wanna do you wanna host this? Sure. I feel like this is something that you you have a passion for. I do. Well, yeah, that's true. I um I've used a lot of controllers over the years. <laughs> I have. And it's very clear to me when one works and one doesn't work, mm-hmm. uh, like comfort-wise and utility-wise and all sorts of other things. And um, yeah, I thought we'd go down the list. Now, I kind of wanted to start this in the era that both of us are at least quasi-familiar with, although it's possible that I might age you out a little bit at the beginning. Um, so we're not going to be doing like the fucking Atari joystick, which I might have used when I was two years old, but have no yeah. real recollection of. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, NES controller, and, and we're going to give these tier ratings, um, starting with S being the best, of course, classic tier style, and we'll D go down being the to, worst. I guess D, yeah, seems pretty bad. Um, and so we're going to start with the NES controller. Um, I'll take a stab at it as a as a lifelong Nintendo person, a fan of their work. I would give the NES controller a... Probably a C ranking. Wow. <laughs> we're going to start harsh. And and let me just say, we're going to remove nostalgia out of this. Okay. All I'm thinking in this case is, do I want to be using this controller right now today in the year 2022? Oh, okay. okay. So, so like, so doesn't matter if it like prowess. invented anything. Do I want to be using this controller? Okay. I think that's good. That, that, that flattens everything in a way that, I think this will be much more fair. Yes. Okay. Because, like, yeah, the NES controller was formative and very important, and but it's also, like, a nightmare to hold. It does not follow the shape of hands. And, uh, yeah, I don't like it. Good D-pad. It, it does have a good D-pad, but I, other than that, I don't particularly like it. Okay, well, we are out here killing our darlings. By that logic, I think I need to put the Sega Genesis controller... See, I think it's better than the NES controller. I agree with you. But I don't think it's that much better. <laughs> you know? I agree like, with you. Maybe yeah. it's... Maybe it's... I might come back to this and feel like I need to move these things around. I'm going to put it in B. That's a low I, B, I think. It's a low B. We, we're, we're getting the bottom end of the B tier here. Yeah. So the Sega Genesis controller, here's why it... This is going to be the weirdest episode. People are either going to really love this episode or think that this is the most esoteric thing that we've ever done <laughs> you know like <laughs> yes i agree with you <laughs> so the sega genesis controller uh there were two versions of it uh, one had three buttons because you know you had to have one more to outdo the nes yes um that was the future but then there was a fighting version of it that had six yeah, I don't uh, know that that was even a fighting one as much as it was you could uh, program them to be turbo buttons. I did sure. include that, but maybe we should just remove it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna. That's too much it down the down the rabbit hole. Yeah. 
but the thing that like comes out, the reason I was tempted to put it lower is because at the exact same time, Nintendo puts out the SNES controller. Okay, but we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't? No. Well, we. I mean, you're talking I, about the Genesis controller. So I think don't don't rate them based in reference to the other controllers. <laughs> rate them based on that controller. It's hard not to, you know, because we're, we're, we will we, fix it. We will adjust uh, after. Okay. 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 So what? You, what so then, what's next? The Sega Genesis okay. controller is a. a, a it's we're a giving solid that a B. Low B. A low B. Um, okay. So next up is indeed the SNES controller. I would rank the SNES controller at an A. Okay. I think that's right. I think the SNES controller... So, again, we have the D-pad. We have start, select. We have four buttons, which, hey, that's even one more than the Sega Genesis. And, most crucially, we have two shoulder buttons. Yes. So, actually, we're adding six buttons right there. And that, that shoulder is crucial. Being able to run in Super Mario World by... Wait, did I hold the shoulder button on that game? It's no. been a long time. When you're running in Super Mario World, you don't hold the shoulder yeah, it's button. That's too bad I don't. You're right. I, I hold a different button. You use the triggers to do the spinny <laughs> jump. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. I think. Um, yes. I, okay. So, yeah. I, I, I would think it is probably my favorite retro game controller. I think that's probably true. I can't think of another one that I would prefer over Yeah. That. If I want to play a retro game on my, um, on my PC, I have a Bluetooth 8-bit do SNES controller. Yeah. And I'll play it on that. Yeah. It, it holds up. It's great. Okay. So after that, what you, we have on this list is the PlayStation 1 controller. Yes. Now, oh, do yeah. you mean... Oh, I, I, I see have it. You below. have it later. I, I don't know how I feel about this. So there are two PlayStation 1 controllers, mm-hmm. and they are maybe the most different you could make a controller for the same system. One is, it looks... Well, it doesn't look like the SNES controller, but it basically is the SNES controller. Four what? buttons, four buttons, yeah, and then four shoulder buttons instead of two. Yeah, well, I, I'll make it easier on people. If you have never seen the PlayStation One controller, it's just uh, like imagine like a PS4 controller, but no analog sticks. That's yes. how it launched. No analog sticks. There was just a D-pad, four face buttons, triggers, but otherwise, like the overall form function looked basically the same. In, sh- in, like, just crummy plastic. And, yeah, shitty gray I mean, plastic. for me, this is, like, this is the D. Like, uh, I understand that it's iconic. Do but... I dislike it more than the NES controller? Just from a usability standpoint? No. It's higher for me. Because it, just it because would be... it has more buttons? I think... No, no, no. It's the ergonomics entirely. You can hold the PlayStation 1 controller and not be miserable, whereas the NES controller is, like, just not a fun controller. I'm going to put it in the C tier, then. I think it's above the NES Uh, controller. Well, well, I mean, it's a high C, and the NES controller is a low C. Okay. Right. I'm going to add that. They're still Cs. We don't need... need, need, No, I'm going to do it. need a C plus. Oh, my gosh. You're deranged. No, those are high C, low C. This is not how tier lists work. We're we're not telling the people that I'm writing C plus, C minus. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The people don't know. Can't okay. Help yourself. So we have a PlayStation One controller at a high C, much okay. like the drink. High C. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should we jump ahead and do yet another t- reference from this episode that most of the audience won't get? Should we j- jump ahead and do the DualShock since we're talking about it? Um. Okay. So then, yeah. If we're including the DualShock, the DualShock is PlayStation One controller. Now we've added joysticks to it. Yes. Right. That's probably a low A for me. God, no. You think because, higher than that? Yeah, and this is why you have to think about other things, yeah, right? I guess because so. we're the dual. There are all these new DualShock controllers, which are going to come in way higher than this. Yeah, you low see? A though. That gives high A and S. There's plenty of room above you it. You keep thinking that there are multiple A. No, <laughs> there's B, A, and S. But it's going to be a. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, let's put it in B right now. Okay, you're going to okay. put it in B. Is it better or worse than the Sega Genesis controller? It's, yeah, it's better. I agree. It's better. Okay. okay. Shock so you put down the Virtual Boy controller here. <laughs> Do you think anybody remembers how this controller works? I've never held one. Oh, re- I, you never played a Virtual Boy? No, I've never played. I don't remember. Maybe at like the Museum of the Moving Image or something, but it is okay. not clear in my mind. I've seen pictures of them. 
So the, the virtual nice boy the controller hold. is no, it's a solid D. It is. It's ugly. It is. It, it's like holding. Imagine you have two Wiimotes, kind of. Yeah. Almost. Or like two. I don't know. Like. Yeah, I, I guess like Wiimotes. It's a very long protrusion from the game controller that is where your hand goes. They kind of look like it, like a VR. Like uh, like a Vive controllers if yes. they were glued together in the center. Yes, awkwardly stuck together by a cube. Yes, of plastic. Yeah. It and and it's two D pads. Oh yeah, two B pads. Right, I forgot yeah. about the two. Nothing D-pads. about it. Weird is, choice. Is good. So if if I am looking for a very clear bottom tier controller, I think I think this helps us kind of set a baseline. Okay. Of what bad controllers That's fine. are. Poor, poor red virtual boy. So up next, we have back-to-back controversial controllers. Oh, boy. As controversial as it can get in the world of video game controllers, you know, which is pretty heated. Agreed. The Nintendo 64 controller. Yep. Which is D-pad. You have the stick in the middle, away from all the buttons. Yep. And then if you want to press the buttons, they're, you know elsewhere you can you can carry you can hold the controller one of two yeah we're we're gonna get letters oh oh, because of where we're gonna put it yeah well and yes then beneath that is the 3d pad which is the sega saturn controller which is i'm trying like basically imagine imagine the sega genesis controller that that one that we talked about that's bad except for what i remember being an amazing d-pad even though I think that, well, some people didn't like it because it was like a circle. It's a big, D-pad. it's like a jelly donut. Yes, yes. And a jelly donut with a D-pad in the, in the goop. And then an analog stick. And the controller itself is one big circle, like a UFO. Yes. With just two little stub wings coming out of it. It's weird. You, it's, you, it's weird. Yeah. I adore this controller, except for it is a little not greeting the hands oh boy okay like well, we, we have not uh we, we haven't have done nintendo 64 yet n64 so let's place n64 okay. in the okay. Whole okay. n64 i would put at a d and you have to be the one to decide whether it's wor- better or worse than the virtual boy controller oh yeah it's much better it is is better it okay. is it is the healthy evolution of the virtual boy controller would i ever want to use it again no but so when you held it when you played like goldeneye with it right yeah and you were mo- you know aiming well, i guess it was even that whenever you use the z button which was the, on the very back of the trigger the, the yep. middle thing it felt like firing a gun yeah which was neat like that was neat and that feels to me a little cooler than you know, using shoulder buttons, even though shoulder buttons have also kind of evolved. And there were shoulder buttons on the N64. There were, for sure. But shoulder buttons, what I'm saying is they've evolved to, like, even look like triggers. Because I think subconsciously, people know that that feels good, where it feels like you're firing a weapon. There's, like, a a connection between what you're seeing on screen and what you're feeling in your hand. Yeah. Um, And I think that they got that right really early on. Unfortunately, the rest of the controller is a mess. You had to like control looking around in 3D worlds and control your camera in mini games with the yellow pad, the C pad, the C pad, which was just miserable. I mean it was just like an extra D pad on the on the right side of the controller. The weird thing is almost all the games you held the middle and barely ever used the left entire left side of the controller also really bizarre after like six months the middle analog stick would lose any sort of tension and just yeah. like flop over and not be useful it from a durability standpoint there is no worse controller on this list this thing breaks so easily um it's got that like crazy large hollow bar part where you're supposed to put in like the rumble pack or the memory card whatever that's weird um i played a lot of n64 games i loved n64 games but and I, and again, I realize like 3D games were still pretty new at that point. But uh, going back now and having to play with an N64 controller sucks. Not fun. Mm, I I I I agree. Um, okay, so then 3D pad, the Sega Saturn one. Yeah, I'm gonna say that that is 
low B t- tier, basically right, just slightly better than the Sega Genesis. Oh wow! Because okay. it, well, it's a, it is the Sega Genesis con- controller. You're just dumb looking. But d- well, cool. It looks cool. Doesn't feel quite <laughs> as good circle. in the hand. <laughs> but um, mm. the D pad and the joystick are like. Mm. Or delight. I have just okay. fond memories of that. Yeah, I've never playing. Used I mean, nights into dreams. That's what you you would play on it. Yeah. Are you ready for our first S tier controller? Mm, yeah. I'm gonna I'll, do it. I know you are. And the I'll Dreamcast can, controller I, yeah. is is S tier. This to me is this is the controller that sets the world on fire. You know, people mm. can't wait to get this controller. The the, the controller it is. The most important thing about it is it has a hole in the middle of the controller where you can put a thing called the VMU inside of it. Are we including the VMU in this rating? Yeah. I mean, the VMU is a part of the controller. Sort of. In the same way that I would say Rumble is part of like the Nintendo 64 controller, right? So the VMU was your memory card back in the day when you had to carry around memory cards. Um, And... On the memory card is a screen, and on that screen, that's effectively like the second screen that all these other modern companies try to do with like iPads, except for it's built into your controller. So say that you're playing uh, NFL 2K, and you don't want somebody to see the plays that you're picking, you can see it on your controller screen, which rules. You could also then remove the memory card. Take it with you wherever you wanted because it had it had its own controller on it, and you can play little mini games that connected to the games that you're playing on your Dreamcast. So this is like the very early ideas of play anywhere, anytime, uh, whatever you want. Sonic Adventures, for example, came with a like Tamagotchi style uh, chaos or chaos. yeah, they weren't fun games. Let's the, be clear. Uh, you know what the, the the Tamagotchi thing was pretty. It was pretty cute. <laughs> but uh, but were the rest good? No, they weren't. But it was a great idea, and uh, the controller had great great triggers on the side. And the the shape is very unusual, but it felt great. It in does the feel hand. good. It, it does feel great. like a good, good. Yeah, feels good. I I agree with you. S seems a little high to me. I would probably put it in A, but I won't fight it. How about, how about we keep it there? And and you know, if we need to move it, we can. Okay. Okay. See, and now we're running into the problem that I, 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 I saw coming, that I foretold the DualShock 2 controller. We're just going to do this for every DualShock 3, DualShock mm, 4. Yeah, DualShock 2 has no real difference. It's just, it's yes, basically the same. Basically thing. the same. So so that's also in B. Okay. You're right. That That is fair. I almost don't even want to include it. But there will be differences coming up with some of the DualShocks that are worth okay. indicating. Okay. Um, GameCube controller. Are you one of these people? I really like GameCube. The GameCube controller. Really like it a lot, actually. I I don't feel like I'm like a good person to to vote on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you to put it where you want because I don't I, know. The GameCube never clicked with me, and people who care about it. I think. Well, again, we're not talking about the games because I agree. No, like, I, I, there were some great games, but there weren't a lot of them. No, I I, I know, but what I'm saying is you're you would have had lots of experience with the controller because you enjoyed the system, right? True. Where like yes. me, I what the Dreamcast is for me is what I think GameCube is for most people. Yeah, it is probably S for me. Uh, the wow. GameCube controller did a few things that I really liked. One, um, the button configuration, which some people don't care for, but you could uh, basically without looking down you'd know exactly what button you were hitting because all of the buttons, all the face buttons were a different shape and size. So the A button was this giant circular A button. The B button was a little off to the left and down uh, and like smaller. And then the X and Y buttons were like kidney bean shaped. So you could like by just by thumb feel know exactly what button you were hitting. (laughs) I wish more uh, controllers did this. This is great. Especially these days when... When you jump from platform to platform and A isn't always the same location, yeah. like A on Xbox versus uh, Nintendo is a different spot. So this would solve that problem. You want more bean-shaped buttons. More bean-shaped buttons, please bean and thank buttons. you. Okay. Uh, it also did this cool thing with the triggers. Uh, you know, this technology has advanced since then, but the triggers you could click in 
but you could keep going. And then there was a final click when you like fully pulled them in, which kind of gave it like an extra level of uh, control, especially for like driving games, stuff like that. Uh, it was purple. Nothing wrong with that. I love it. True. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Let's so put it we have S. another S. The original Xbox controller, or aka the Duke, which inspired by the Sega Saturn 3D pad, I would say. And that it's it very is big, very big and very round. Yeah. I don't like it. No, it's not comfortable. I would not put comfortable it at all. Pretty low, probably D tier. D, yeah, I think it's a, a strong D. I, 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 you know, nostalgia is one thing, but beyond that. No, yeah, I'm not for it. Um, here's again where we're going to get into the repetitive side. These new Xbox controllers. Well, some of them. So the Xbox controller S was like, "Oops, we fucked up with the Duke. Let's get it a little better," and it came closer, but still was not quite there. Um, I would put the controller S at uh, B tier, okay. just below okay. Sega Genesis. If I had to, sure, and we sure, will sure, read sure. these out at the end, just so you know where we're putting everything. <laughs> For posterity, it's very important. Um, this was like a smaller, more svelte Xbox controller. I didn't like the buttons. The buttons were like weirdly raised. And, uh, you know, the rest of the ergonomics were fine. But I just never really dug it a ton. Okay. So, it controller S goes at B? Is what yeah, you're I think that's a, B, a low okay. B. So that's a low B. Yeah. And then the Xbox 360 controller, which is one of the most iconic controllers of all time. I think it's S. I mm, I think it's A because we have to leave room yeah, I guess for right. the the most recent controller. Yeah, the better version of that. Yeah. You're right. It which is, is yeah, they have whatever improved. these Xbox series controllers are. Yeah. Well, yeah, I more or less didn't we'll we'll get to it. Okay. Okay. So now, now the PlayStation controllers finally change has happened at, at Sony HQ. They're ready to do something interesting with their controller. When they first announced it, I think that they showed it publicly, right? The boomerang oh. for the PlayStation 3, right? No, well, they showed it, but that was not the controller that it ended up being. Right, right, right. But, but, but clearly they were ready for change. Yes. They, they were like, you know, we've used the same controller for the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2. Now we're Mixing going to give people a giant boomerang. And because, because we're a, you know, more mature, we're an adult video game We've got game the Spider-Man company. font. And we need a boomerang. Yes. And we want something that's going to like look good in your room if you exclusively shop at Sharper Image. Yes. That was kind of the aesthetic of yeah. Sony at this point. Kind of still is. If you've got a massage chair, you're covered with the boomerang. But they went against it and they decided, no, we're basically going to remake the DualShock 3 again, but with motion controls. But they managed to fuck it up. This mm. is w dramatically worse, in my opinion, than the previous DualShock controllers, which we put at B tier, high B. This I would put just above the N64 controller. So probably like a high D or a low C. Mm, yeah, I, I think I think a C is good. And we're, I'm going to say we're, why. We're very shallow in C, so I think... Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to say why real quick. The six-axis controller, which is what launched with the PlayStation 3, had motion controls that sucked. They weren't fun. They weren't accurate. Not fun. But it, the worst part of it was the analog sticks. They made the decision for some ungodly reason to make the analog sticks convex instead of concave, which is to say they popped out instead of popping in. And so if you tried to use them with your thumb, your thumb would just slide off and it sucked. And they didn't fix it for the entire life, si uh, life cycle of the uh, PlayStation 3. And I hated it. So, boo. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with you. Definitely one of my least favorite. Okay. Um, the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. So this one's tricky. Yes, yeah, that's a tricky one. On one hand, if I, I want to like give it some top honors because, you know, revolutionary controller changed the way people played video games. Invited uh, so many more people to the table. Extremely approachable, right? Yeah. Also only good for like three games. <laughs> yeah, not. And not like a fun, it didn't feel fun to like hold it. Uh, you know, it was good with, with Wii Sports, I, yes. I grant you. But the second you're playing an action game like Twilight Princess or anything like that, it just felt like clumsy and awkward and not fun. So, yeah. Yeah. I might, 
I think I'm going to put it in the C. I would put it in C. That's where yeah. I would put it. Because, yeah, as a controller, not great. Yeah. Um, okay, so now, now you're getting your wish. The, the, Sony hears you. They're like, we get it. We did wrong. First, you didn't want the boomerang. Now you don't want this controller without rumble. What can we do to make you happy? Well, they added rumble, but they didn't fix the analog sticks. So this, uh, the new version of the DualShock 3, it was called, <laughs> is still bad. Where do we put the the uh, six axes at C? It's like slightly higher than that. I, but, you know what? I'm gonna. I think we just put them together. Yeah, put them together. I mean, it is high, it's higher than the six axes because it has rumble, which I like. But yeah, not by much. Yeah. Um, boo, boo that control. So another complicated one: the Wii U gamepad. Hmm. The Wii U gamepad is effectively a Nintendo Switch that you hold to play a video game that is on your television, but not comfortable to hold. In, in no way. Bad triggers, bad buttons, cheap bad. plastic. The screen on it looks like it looks like somebody was on an airplane, and after everybody left the plane, they're like, <laughs> "You know what I could do? I could cut off the top of this chair and take this TV home with me." <laughs> and then they did that, and then they got home and like, "Wait, wait, why did I do that? These are the worst TVs on the planet. Yeah, well, I might as well use it to play a video game. Yeah, and that's it." I it didn't didn't work in any way imaginable. I think it's the bottom of our list. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. Yes, I, 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 yeah, because I see, I, I wanna, I wanna give it some credit here because it had a lot of good ideas. Yeah, no, but but you know, bad. this isn't about having good ideas. It's about execution. I agree with you. And speaking of execution, DualShock Four, which is the PlayStation 4's controller basically addressed all of the concerns that people had on the PlayStation 3 controllers. And it's a dynamite controller. I definitely put it at A, maybe higher, but certainly A, high A. Yeah, it's got to be A because you have to leave room for what's coming next. Mm, Yeah. Um, uh, Xbox wireless (laughs) controller. This is Xbox One and Xbox Series. We're just going to keep this together. Yeah, let's mash them together because they're almost identical. I think that's like solid, solid S tier. Yes. Um, here's what I'll say about the, the latest, uh, Xbox. Actually, this has been the case since the 360, but especially true of the latest installment, the core Xbox controllers, the normal standard, whatever you call it are like durable as hell. These things do not drift. You could drop them down a flight of stairs. They're fine. They're great. Contrarily. And we're not going to include this because it is a side controller. What I've heard about the elite controllers is they do not have that durability and they break and fail a lot. Oh. So if you're looking for to buy a controller and you just want a, like a workhorse that's going to be with you for a while, just get a normal Xbox controller. They're great. I, I can say when a, the car drove through, the SUV drove through my office yeah. and destroyed everything in my office, The uh, one of the Xbox series controllers worked fine yep. after it. My Xbox Elite controller was gone. Now, a lot of factors in that, you know, when a car drives through a person's uh, entire house, you don't know, like, which of those controllers took the brunt of the impact. Sure. Um, But I I can tell you for a fact, the Elite did not, it did not take it well. Yeah. Um, It was bad news for it. Um, Okay. Steam, we're, we're nearing the end. The Steam controller you dared to include on here, <laughs> which is really gutsy. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even, this feels like an act of cruelty. It does. I'm making, I don't, I don't yeah. think we... Well, the only we reason I included it is, weirdly, Steam still uses the Steam controller to show that games on Steam have controller support. Like, anyone even knows what the Steam controller looks like. That is true. That's like whenever you save a video game and it shows a floppy disk. Yeah. And it's like, who who is this for? Like, how many people look at that and like, oh, squares mean saving? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, it's deteriorated. It was it was yeah, mis- it, whoopsie. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Joy Cons. I mean, they suck. They're they yeah, they're, they're not D tier. Good controllers. You don't they know that they're gonna work. They yeah, no, they're bad. They're D tier. They're above some of these, but we won't get too picky. It's a shame. They're, they should be more interesting because they have the power to you know like motion control they have that 3d rumble good in theory yeah i mean and they allow for the concept of the switch to even happen like without that design the switch doesn't really work Ooh, yeah that's a good point maybe we should bump that up to c at least yeah because you you can 
turn the switch into a two-player system well and, and also just like the portability of it like if it was like full-on actual controllers you, the switch would not be as portable as it sure is. like the steam deck yes um okay so the switch pro controller i would not include this because it was it's an added sales thing mm, you don't oh as you don't get never a pro controller with a console yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't include it that's fair so You're right I, because I, I everything else came with one okay so then that leaves dual sense DualSense, which is the PlayStation 5 controller that you are... I'm quite fond of. I think it is better than the Xbox Series just from a use it, like, as using it, but, Mm. and I haven't had this issue myself, but I have heard durability issues pretty significant with this one as well. The battery runs out very quickly. I've heard drift problems, so uh, definitely below the Xbox, but I think it's still, I think it's still still S tier. It's it's a great controller. Great time to be a fan of video game controllers. Uh, one, because two of the best controllers ever are available to you right now. And two, because you just got to listen to 30 minute tier ranking. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a micro machines. I'm going to do a micro machines <laughs> read through so people know where we have everything. And this, in, within the tiers, we're not going to order them because we got shit to do. When you say micro machines, like the end of a micro machines commercial, they yeah, like, like, the, that, like it's not actually fun to play with micro machines. No, no, it's where the guy talks fast. Okay, yeah. S tier. Dreamcast controller, GameCube controller, Xbox Series controller, DualSense, A tier, Xbox 360 controller, DualShock 4, also A tier, SNES controller, B tier, DualShock controller, DualShock, wait, there's two DualShocks here. I think one has maybe rumble and one doesn't. I'm not sure. Um, Also B tier, the 3D pad from Saturn, the Sega Genesis Genesis controller, the Xbox controller S, uh, and now we're getting into C tier, the original PlayStation 1 controller, the NES controller, the DualShock 3 with Rumble, the 6-axis controller, also on PlayStation 3, the Wiimote Nunchuck, and the Joy-Cons, and then getting into the D tier, the N64 controller, the Virtual Boy controller, the original Xbox controller, quote, the Duke, and the Wii U gamepad, and then bringing up the rear, the old Steam controller. Bless your heart, Steam controller. <laughs> it's, it's really not awful, I feel like it it, it it had some great ideas. It did. And the Steam Deck wouldn't be possible without it. probably wouldn't be D. I think you know, D is yeah, a little I, harsh. I, I, it, yeah. I would put it at probably low C. Okay. Okay. Let me read the order again then. Oh my gosh. No, no. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that is the definitive uh, tier ranking. Please great. Uh, write how angry you are. Uh, we will post a, a tier image on uh, on our on our Twitter at the Besties Pod once this episode is live, so that you can you can see this all. Because you know what, sometimes you need a visual medium for this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and that's why we chose to do it on the podcast. <laughs> uh, hey, let's take a break really quick, and then when we are back, we will talk about Norco. Okay. Welcome back. Are you ready to talk about a sad game? <laughs> <laughs> Always. It's Always. Not, I don't think it's as sad as we might believe. Look, just so long as it doesn't start with a death in the family and you're going back to your hometown to uh, <laughs> sort of pick up the pieces. Uh-oh. Oh, no. So, yes, Norco is a point-and-click adventure game set in uh, basically the Norco area which is uh, just a little bit north of New Orleans. And Norco, from what I understand, it is a, like, what, a census-designated place, I think is the phrase for it, formed after uh, some... Listen, the whole game is about the many, many atrocities uh, uh, committed in the greater New Orleans area throughout the history of America. Mm. That is the backdrop of the game. I, I, I actually have a full quote here. I'm not going to read because it's very long. Instead, I'm going to send you to go read it yourself. At Games Hub, uh, they did a review of Norco that I really enjoyed that starts by just over the course of five or six paragraphs laying out the history of this area um, and the things that have happened to it uh, and how it kind of led to a company like Shell, a big oil company, um, having so much control over both the actual land and the economy and in ultimately the, because of that, the people. Uh, so that all sounds quite gloomy because it's real life and it is. It's, it's very, very, very sad. The game is interesting because, again, the game takes place in the future and it is 
cyberpunk-ish in the in the true sense of cyberpunk. Not in the, you know, oh, it looks like Blade Runner sort of way, but in, oh, we live in a somewhat dystopian future where companies have effectively replaced our understanding of governments. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the world is just very, very strange and both recognizable, but like a perversion of the world we live in today. Yeah, it's, it is familiar, but very shitty (laughs) and an evolution of i think where things are today basically yeah like very early in the game you need to go get a fuse and you can go buy it from uh the gas station but to do that just to get into the gas station you'll have to like barter with this asshole who's just like looming out front and pestering you and then when you finally get in the thing that you meet is not a person it's just like an ai yeah <laughs> that it speaks in you know effectively company jargon and trying to get what you want from that is a real pain and eventually you realize oh this is self-checkout because it's the future so i can just grab a fuse and just like check out myself yeah and that's how i get out the door um it's all very clever it's a little Purple prose e in the first half. And that's the part that I'm curious. I've, n- I've never heard that terminology before. Purple prose? Yeah, I've never heard that. Purple prose is when you like kind of overwrite. Okay. And well, it's yeah, like very no, flowery. It's <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very, very flowery language. I think it's intentional though. I, I think you're right. I, I'm going to give the example that I, I took. I wrote it down um, because it was like the epitome of sort of the language that they use. It's, it is, again, as Plant said, very overwritten. So early on, you start in, in your house. There's an AC unit in the house. It, like any point-and-click adventure game, if you click various things, it'll give you like a little description of that thing. So when you click on the AC unit, it says, the heat of spring will soon arrive and the mildewed air of the window unit will fill the room. Versus like, it's an AC unit. <laughs> That's sort of... <laughs> and so that sort of writing permeates throughout the whole thing. It's interesting, though, because the dialogue in the game and the various interactions you have with different characters is in a much more straightforward tone. And it's here that um, I think the Kentucky Route Zero similarities, apart from the actual, like, theme of the game, uh, they're they're definitely there. I think, what the fuck? What? Oh, my God. That was the most... what is going on? Spotify just opened up on its own and started playing a Bill Burr podcast and it scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Okay, sorry. What the fuck? Why? God, okay. Fine. Um, where was I? Um, Bill Burr. No, you were, you were talking about uh, comparing it to Kentucky Route Zero. So I I think the comparison to so I think the comparison to Kentucky Route Zero makes sense because you have that same dichotomy where you have the dialogue that's like more straightforward and then the sort of descriptor prose um, gets a little more flowery. I think Kentucky Route Zero is a little bit smarter about this because when you start Nor- Norco, like you are just bombarded with waves and waves of like scene setting like poetic language and it's introducing like all sorts of kind of foreign concepts because the world is like very different from the one you know um it, on top of the layers of like you know that purple prose as, as plant put it and it's a lot whereas i actually went back and watched the beginning of T- kentucky red zero just as like a point of comparison and that starts actually very simply you're just like at the gas station and you talk to the guy and there's a dog with a hat and there's like, it's like very basic. And then I think slowly it feeds in the like trippier, more like mm. flowery prose as a way to like introduce the weirdness of the world. But here in Norco, you are just like deep end thrown. Um, yeah. And for me, it was it was a kind of a turnoff because it was just like, I wasn't feeling it. You kind of have to earn that level of attention to the world. Um, and it, it didn't really feel earned to me. So here's what turned me around on it, because I, I say purple prose, but that's probably too harsh and not actually what, I'm, what I mean. When I first played it, I had that feeling, and I agree. I was like, 
if if Kentucky Route Zero is like a Lynch film, like a David yeah. Lynch film, which it does start often similar, you know, it can be simple and seem normal and then it gets more and more unusual. Um, and, and also I just find both of them like very poetic artists, right? Like I, when I say poetic, I don't mean like, oh, they're being very flowery. I mean, they can actually be quite sparse. Sure. Um, where they're playing with language or visual language in really interesting ways. Norco, it really clicked for me once I started taking it as a noir. And once I was like, mm, you know, yeah. like when you go into like a hard boiled noir, you have this detective who is like very rough. But when you get his internal monologue or her internal monologue, it is like very poetic. Yeah. Very flowery and very, you know, evocative. No, I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. And that's, that really helped me get more in the headspace with it, where I, I think even though I could tell it wasn't doing the Kentucky Route Zero thing or in very much is doing its own thing, I wasn't finding the genre right away. And that's not to say that it stays in noir the entire time, but the, the tropes that are there of, you know, you are a character who is, she's returning home after her mother has passed away. Her mother was um, uh, a scientist who had like, you know, gone a little too far with her research and started looking where quote she shouldn't and now your um brother is missing so there is this like very noir mystery sure and one of the first places that you go and actually see is a detective's office um which again in hindsight it's like kind of putting it all together for me yeah um the game gets weird though like that's why i, I would recommend it to people who are curious about it like pretty early like very early you meet your artificial intelligence like robot friend yeah who is i think taking care of your mom and now is just your kind of like buddy on on this this adventure um and yeah it, it's it is just deeply strange you also and, stare at a monkey and then they join your party and you can fight with them <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so, yes. true. Yeah, you have to get in the staring contest with it. Yeah, it's, um, it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just all very weird. And I, I, I do think it's going to find... I think the people that this game clicks with, it's going to really click with. Like, to the point that um, the comparison I would make is Undertale. I don't yeah. think it's going to find the same audience. I don't think that they, I don't even know if those two audiences overlap that much. But the same way that people really care about this game people are going to really, really care about Norco. And in the same way that I like Kentucky Route Zero, because I feel like it is a game that is very personal and about like the political worldview of the people who made it. I think the same thing is happening here. And I think what might really resonate with this game for people is, I think it's a lot harsher and a lot more cynical and you know less optimistic Oh my and god! Going off Kentucky the... Route Zero is well, pretty so dark. It's dark, but like at the end, it does. I, sort I haven't of finished Norco. Yeah, yeah, but like to me, Kentucky Route Zero is about like, hey, America has largely failed. You know, large the majority of its population, but it is through community that yeah. we can you know kind of find solace. Where I don't know, like I don't know if that's where Norco is going. Norco kind of feels. Like, you know, we are stuck in this loop in which no matter how hard we fight to break it, the second we think we've kind of made progress, this system, like, just collapses back on top of us. Hey, Chris Plant. Yeah. It's Chinatown, baby. It is! Oh, my gosh. I should have listened to him. I should have listened to him. <laughs> um, anyway, I think it's a really interesting game. I don't won't think we need to talk too much more about it just because... It is, it's only five or six hours. Yeah. And I would hate to spoil it, you know? Um, but are there any, any other final thoughts that you have on it? I would say gorgeous game. Like, oh art, my God. The art is stunning. Really good music. Like, pre presentationally, like, immediately grabbed me and, and really looks like a very few other games around. So, yeah. if, you, if you just want to, like, soak it all in, it is a great game for that. And if you like video games that are cinematic or borrowing from cinematic imagery, but in its own way, this game really clicks with me in that. And there, there is a, a thing that it does early on that is, I don't know if 
they did it intentionally or not, but very I, nearly identical to a shot from Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Francis Ford Coppola mm. movie, where these like giant piercing eyes loom over a train on the horizon. And and then the train is on top of a giant book. Um, and the way they created it, if you ever want to like see a wild, like how did they do that? Um, Google, you know, behind the scenes, Bram Stoker's Dracula and this shot will come up. It is absolutely bonkers. Um, but there are a number of things moments that i saw where it was it was recreating these beautiful cinematic kind of set pieces but in pixel art in a way that i don't feel like i ever see pixel art attempt yeah um and yeah i i can't believe that the game is five to six hours long considering how much original artwork is in it yeah like it's, it's pretty wild it's it is bonkers how much art they created for this game um cool how I, I think that that kind of takes us to the end. Do you have any recommendation for the week? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> really? That's I it? mean, I've been playing Elden Ring. I've been playing Tunic. It's all stuff that I've talked about before, so I don't need to bore people. Uh, That's but, fair. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know what? I I recommend a little movie called Speed Racer. Oh yeah, is that streaming somewhere? I honestly, I don't know. Is it on Criterion? <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's it's playing at theaters in oh. California right now. Yeah. Or where I live. So, you know. I hear it's great. Can, can, I've, not, we, I've you, not experienced it, but. Oh, my gosh. I know. You know what? It, it's a delight, but it kind of has done that cult thing where it comes out, loved it when it came out, ended up being widely despised. Yeah. But couldn't really blame people. It's its own thing. Then uh, it builds a cult status. And then, great, now it's kind of like equaling out. But then the cult status just keeps going and going and going, and it almost becomes like a meme. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's like, well, I mean, this movie's good, but there is a reason that it got kind of trash. It does have its flaws. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I would just, I would set your expectations for visual chaos. I mean, you're literally watching Wachowski's try to reinvent the language of film. Yeah. Which is a, just such an Bold audacious choice. idea. It's, it really is an incredible choice. Um, and for the most part, they pull it off. And then just nobody wanted to use that new way of visual metaphor ever again. It's a shame. Uh, I think that's it. We did it. We, we did, did another it. episode of The Resties. Um, because shouldn't the rest of the best pick the best of the rest? Resties. Resties.